The views and opinions expressed on Unlock Your Wealth Radio are those of the host, guests, and callers only and are not necessarily the views of Unlock Your Wealth Radio, Heather Wagonalls, or Success Publishing International. More willpower than a barefoot woman at a shoe sale. Able to stretch a single paycheck for an entire month. Makes money concepts easier than third grade math. Introducing your purveyor of prosperity, Heather Wagonall. Work all day, stress all night. Take your mind off your money and focus on your life. Money don't matter for the stuff it bought. It's the way you think, not what you've got, yeah. Unlock Your Wealth Radio starts now. Get your money mind right here with Unlock Your Wealth Radio. I am she, your purveyor of prosperity, Heather Wagonhalls. I am flanked by the ever so popular maestro of moolah, Michael Terry. Hey, folks. And we are going to help you get your money mind right on today's show. Hey, do you guys want a free book? How about reading with your ears? Because it makes it easier, especially for people like me who have four eyes. Well, you, my friends, who are tuning into today's episode, have an opportunity to get your own free audiobook with this show's sponsor. So Audible has an offer for you. Visit audibletrial.com forward slash unlock your wealth and click on the link to over 150,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. So what do we have on tap for today's show, Miguel, keys to riches wise? Uh, well, we have, a, we have a key to talk about and we have a moolah word. Yes, we do. And, it's a good one. And then we have a guest. And we have a guest. We have Jason Parker, president of Parker Financial, joining us. Kids and their expensive sports. And we're going to learn some interesting things about how uh, parents are sacrificing their retirement so kids can play competitive sports. So that'll be an interesting interview. What key do you think it is? Break the budget. That is correct. Way to go, Miguel. Yes. So for those of you who are joining us for the first time, the keys to riches... The Keys to Riches is a financial philosophy that teaches you how to think like the rich and be in control of your own money. It also gives you tools to create or fix your credit, eliminate debt, save and invest, all while transforming your current financial habits into healthy money management skills. And we do this one key at a time, one week at a time, and you must join us Mondays on Facebook. Facebook Live. For our Facebook Live broadcast. Yes. So it's kind of, it's keys to riches. Instead of doing the radio version, we are doing the video television watching for the new millennium on our phones version. And you can, we do an ask me anything. So you can ask me about that week's key. This week's key should be really good because this break the budget key is how we put everything together that we've been doing for the last six weeks. So we're going to go through all of that front to back, because if you remember, our first key was acceptance and affirmation. So we started 
building up our mental momentum and our self-esteem that we are capable of managing our money successfully. And then we actually started to dig in with our second key, take action, make assessment. So we're going to finish up the assessment and then we're going to show you how to create a healthy savings and spending plan instead. Breaking the budget is a critical piece to your financial success. And we're going to talk about why on our Facebook Live, because budgets inherently are bad because they're restrictive. They're just like diets, you know, something you go onto and off of. And usually it has disastrous results. And so we're going to talk all about that on our Facebook Live. Please join us at facebook.com forward slash unlock your wealth radio to get this week's key. Should I make you guess the Mula word of the day? It starts with a C. You might be disappointed. (laughs) It starts with a C and you are one. A consumer. Oh, you got it for shut up. (laughs) That is awesome. Pretty easy. So, uh, so a consumer is an individual who buys products or services for personal use and not for manufacture or resale. A consumer is someone who can make the decision whether or not to purchase an item at the store and someone who can be influenced by marketing and advertisements. And anytime someone goes to a store and purchases a toy, shirt, beverage, or anything else, they are making that decision as a consumer. So let's add to the quiz today. Are children consumers? Sure. I mean, I think they are. Thanks for playing. No. They have the desire to buy, thanks to cartoons and marketing and really fabulous commercials. But what is the definition? So it's the person who can make the decision whether or not to buy. And they typically can't. So you, um, so while we start thinking about, that's it for the moolah word, by the way. Uh, so I want to start talking to you because you are a dad. I don't have this particular financial burden, but you are a dad uh-huh. and, uh, youth sports. So I know your son is a musician. Was he also in competitive sports or your daughter? Do they do competitive sports? You know, they were, they were both artists for the most part. Uh, Kate was, Kate got into cheerleading and Jesse got into football and basketball, but it wasn't, you know, back in the eighties, it just wasn't crippling like it is today you know there there wasn't the the traveling soccer teams and the traveling hockey teams they didn't have the travel teams then mm-hmm. so you didn't have to worry about hotel bills and, and restaurant tabs oh it's nuts i mean i just sponsored one of my friends uh kids uh softball league two thousand yeah. dollars you know and they have to go out into the community i mean at least they're resourceful enough to get that money but it's crazy how much competitive sports costs and here's an even scarier notion can you imagine you forsaking your financial future just so your kid could play competitive sports it's insane if you think about some of the statistics too because only a fraction of a percent of those kids are actually going to make something of themselves go pro or whatever i mean and then what if they get injured if they have a career ending injury, mm-hmm. you've forsaken your financial future. Because remember, time can be your ally or your enemy yeah. when it comes to investing. And so if time is our ally, we need to start early and often. But if we wait, if we're trying to get our kids through school or through competitive sports, and we say, well, we'll just start later, that now, once we flip past that 30, 40 year old mark, 
time is now our enemy because we don't have it on our side as we initially did, you know, and, and the thing about investing early and often is because you don't have to spend as much. Right. You start early, you're in for like 50, hundred bucks, three bucks a day. And you could be a millionaire by the time you retire passively three bucks a day. That's all it takes. Unbelievable. I know. But you've had to have committed to doing that when you were 18. That number jumps up sharply if you want to catch the person at 18. Three bucks a day. That's it. Three bucks a day. So when you're 18, that's 21 bucks a week. Yeah, that's... So it's, you know, it's... 4.3 weeks in a month. You're about 80, 100 bucks a month. 80, 84 bucks a month. I mean, it's it's a lot of money when you're 15, I guess. 18. 18. If you're not working, you got to have a summer job. You got to do something. Yeah, but you know, with inflation, parents give bigger allowances these days. It's amazing to me what some of these kids make. I, I got a dollar an hour for babysitting, Ugh. and I got one quarter for every additional child, no matter how big a pain in the ass they were. Yeah. <laughs> so I could watch three kids for a buck fifty an hour. It was insane. What's an What's an allowance for a middle class kid, like like a hundred thousand dollar a year family? You know? I don't even know. Yeah. I don't even know. I just, I know that Isla gets 20 bucks for watching the neighbor's cat. Like, how hard are cats to watch? Is that a weekly thing? It's whenever the lady travels, she gets, I think she gets like 20 bucks. Well, you know what? We have an expert waiting that can help us answer cool. some of these questions. Right, bring him on. Bring so him on. is your retirement in danger or of defeat? Uh, many parents are spending thousands of dollars this year so kids can play in these competitive sports, and the cost of competition may be putting your financial future at risk. Today, financial professional Jason Parker, president of Parker Financial in Silverdale, Washington, joins us with tips on finding a balance between kids' athletic teams and parents' retirement dreams. Jason, welcome to Unlock Your Wealth Radio. We're so glad to have you educate us on this very topic. Heather, thank you. I'm, I'm looking forward to our conversation today. So it's so crazy when we think about kids and competitive sports today. And, you know, we don't realize how much out of pocket it costs our parents these days. How much are they forking over to help their kids play competitive sports? You know, competitive sports are so important. We love our kids so much. We want the best for them. But a recent survey that TD Ameritrade did, they found that parents on average are spending between $100 to $500 per month per child to have them in competitive sports. But what's really alarming is that 20% of the parents surveyed said that they were spending $1,000 or more to have their kids in com- uh, competitive sports, $1,000 or more per month. Yeah. So imagine wow. uh, what kind of investment they're making there. That's that's. Insane amounts of money, considering that not everybody is the millionaire. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, uh, what's happening is uh, a lot of these folks they're they're um, sacrificing their retirement to to uh, provide for their kids, provide these experiences for their kids. And you know, we want kids to be involved. We want them to be active. There's that old quote that says, "Idle hands are, are the, the devil's devil playthings." Play <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah, so we it's definitely important that we keep our kids involved, but we could, you know there's some ideas that people should explore to keep their kids active, keep them healthy, keep them exercising, but maybe look at some ways to keep those costs down at the same time. So why why do you think they're doing it? Are they hoping that their child is going to go pro and pay them back someday? What's the mindset behind it? 
there is some of that in the survey that was done recently. They said 67% of parents surveyed believe that their child might uh, receive a scholarship for college. The reality is only about 24% of kids do receive a, a scholarship for college for professionals or uh, for their athletic ability. So unfortunately, parents are, are betting the farm on uh, on these high-cost, select, uh, oftentimes select sports activities, believing that their kids are going to get into college as a result. And that's just not, that's just not panning out. I mean, they'd probably be better off putting $1,000 a month into a 529 plan and helping the kids save for college that way. So can harmony be achieved? I mean, are, are there programs that maybe, you know, parents can get enrolled in to subsidize that? Or is it all about managing their finances more effectively? Well, you see this in select sports. I mean, there are, they do a lot of fundraising to try to help offset the costs for the kids. But uh, in our community, there's a lot of really great um, programs through the Parks and Rec Department. And so you can still have your kids involved in these competitive sports, keep them active, keep them engaged, keep them out of trouble, but just not spend quite as much money. The other thing parents should be thinking about is, you know, it's great when they're young to be trying a lot of different things. But by the time they're 10, 11 years old, the kids are probably going to be figuring out what it is that they really enjoy. And so maybe trying to, you know, reduce the number of activities to just one or two of the favorite sports. uh, I think that's a good idea as well. So what, what can parents do in addition to, to that, that how can they continue to contribute to their retirement? I mean, do they get, is there, are there tax benefits for, you know, paying for stuff like that for kids or is you're just, you're just gone? There's no yeah, subsidizing there's, it. No, you're not going to get any benefit tax benefits unless, unless your kids are part of, uh, you know, some of these select groups will set up 501c3s that are, um, uh, charitable organizations, so then parents can make um, charitable donations, but technically they're not supposed to be receiving any benefit if they're making those types of donations. So um, the uh, so there's not really going to be any tax benefit. One of the things that parents can do, you know, they're spending a lot of time on these activities, 10 to 12 hours per week is what they're reporting. And so I think it's really important. If you're going to be involved in coaching, then be involved, be a 100% present. If you're going to be at the games, put the cell phone away and be 100% present in those kids' games. But if you're sitting there on the sidelines at practice and you're just scrolling through Facebook, I think uh, people can really start thinking more strategically about how they're using some of that time. You know, they could be plugging into a good podcast like yours on personal financing and learning some ideas about how to be better stewards of their resources. Or they could be um, using a a budgeting calculator to really dial in their spending so that they're tracking every nickel and knowing where all of their money's going. So I think part of it is uh, better allocation of their resources, but also a a better use of their time. Okay. So what other... You know, do you encourage at this point, you know, entrepreneurship, you know, should people take what other things can people do? Because you can only budget so much. And, you know, at some point you're going to get down to, all right, I still have to pay my mortgage or rent. I still have to pay for groceries. And so there's only so much that we can kick out. What else can folks do to help subsidize their children's sports activities? Well, I agree with you. There is only so much budgeting you can do, but my experience is most people don't live by a budget. And so I think if you, if we just really emphasize, hey, let's sit down and figure out where every penny is going. At our family, we like to do the old-fashioned envelope budgeting system. 
and uh, you put cash in envelopes, and we find that um, that creates what we call artificial scarcity, and so we only spend what's in the envelopes. And so I think if 80% of people would just really be more intentional about telling their money where to go, then they wouldn't have to ask the question at the end of the month saying, hey, where did all my money go? Because, you know, most people just aren't good budgeters. But once you get the budget dialed in, um, you know, I'm a big fan of entrepreneurship. The, the idea right now, more than at any time in history, Heather, we've got this opportunity for people to be uh, create side hustles. And maybe that's that's through an affiliate program uh, by uh, writing reviews about products on Amazon, or um, maybe it's through some type of coaching that they could do. But the Internet has just opened up the world to people to to be able to find a side hustle, something they can do after they put the kids to bed at night and make a little bit of extra money. I'm a big fan of the side hustle, and I encourage all of my coaching clients to try to, you know, multiple streams of income are what create financial freedom. So I'm a big fan of that. They're doing it in so many different ways. They're they're starting clothing lines. Um, You know, my wife has an Etsy page where she's uh, she has her artwork that she's selling online. And, you know, she's attracting people from all over the country. I mean, the, the, the whole world has just changed here in terms of how people can make a little bit of extra money. One of the one of the women I work with, she makes these real great organic dog treats that she makes available online. And so uh, there's just really a lot of opportunity, more opportunity, I think, than in any time in history. There's really no excuse for people to say that they, they can't earn enough in the, in the world that we live in today. Agreed. You are listening to Jason Parker, president of Parker Financial on Unlock Your Wealth Radio. This segment is sponsored in part by KeepMyID.org, the only service that actually prevents identity theft. All others are just monitoring services. Put your credit on lockdown for Unlock Your Wealth Radio listeners at UnlockYourWealthRadio.com forward slash KeepMyID and click on the link to start protecting your financial future right now. So after folks dial in their budget, after folks get, you know, a spending plan that makes sense for them, and now they're ready to start thinking about or continue contributing or you start again contributing to their retirement, what other unique ways can folks start planning for their retirement? You know, I spend all of my time and energy helping people make this transition into and through retirement. And so... Um, I, again, the budget is going to be the most important piece. We created some software to help people really dial in their budget, especially for people that like to do envelope budgeting like me. It's called the retirementbudgetcalculator.com, and so they can learn more about our software there. But the thing I would really focus or get people to think about is retirement is all about cash flow. It's your income that's going to determine your lifestyle in retirement, not your net worth. So just accumulating more assets doesn't mean a lot to to a cash flow plan. And let me give you a quick example of that. I met a gentleman recently. Um, on paper, he looked great, worth several million dollars. But most of his wealth was tied up in raw land that wasn't producing any income for him. So he was still working well into his 70s as a result of being wealthy but not having enough cash flow. So uh, I know that, in, in, and this is really into your wheelhouse, Heather, but there's a lot of people that enjoy investing in real estate specifically because real estate produces income. And again, it's your income, it's your cash flow that determines your lifestyle, not your net worth. So whether it's starting that side hustle, whether it's uh, contributing more to their 401k and their IRA, you know, there's a lot of people out there that have a match from their employer that they're not even, they're not even contributing enough to capture the match from their employer. 
That breaks my heart to think that people could get, that's a hundred percent return on your money. If they match dollar money. for dollar, if they match 50 cents for a dollar, that's, you know, that's an incredible amount of money. That's a 50% return immediately. Like you don't have Absolutely. to wait. They match it that day you put it in. That's what's so awesome about that. And it blows my mind that folks don't take advantage of that. Too many people are just kind of floating randomly through this financial life. And so as a result, you know, there's a study that came out recently. I think they said 50% of Americans have nothing at all saved for retirement. And um, part of it's just because they're not, they're not being intentional about learning personal finance. This is, like you said, this is not taught in our school system. You have to go out and you have to get the information. You have to be disciplined. One of the things we like to do, especially when it comes to this whole idea of teaching kids and coaching kids, you know, kids have coaches that help them get better. Professional athletes have coaches that help them get better. And that's what we want in personal finance, too. People, um, you know, this is not where most people spend most of their time. So having a coach would probably be good for most people. Again, I think uh, listening to a couple of good podcasts is a way to get coaching. Um, the other thing is that we want them to set goals, set goals for their money, smart goals, specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, timely. When it comes to their money, we don't need the big, hairy, audacious goals. We don't have, need them you know, shooting for the moon. If they will just set realistic goals and stick to it, stick to a budget and save a little bit of money, man, they'll be light years ahead of most of their peers. Well, yeah, you know, and I think that people, you know, a lot of people's retirement plan is just uh, hoping they win the lottery. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. Well, the funny thing is many of those people that are hoping they win the lottery, they don't even buy a lottery ticket, so they're not giving themselves a, a chance to win. Well, yeah, I know, you know, and it's <laughs> ironic you think about all the people that spend money on lottery tickets if they just invested that same amount of money, how much that they would have. I mean, but there's no fun. There's no like, "Oh, am I a winner?" I mean, cuz you know, you already know you're a winner if you're an investor, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, hope, like you say, hope is not a plan. Um, and that's the second piece. So if you have a budget and you have a plan, you're like 95% ahead of most people out there. So once you have a budget, once you know where your money's going, once you start telling your money where to go instead of wondering where it went, then you really need to have a plan in place. And you need to say, okay, here is where I'm going. And I, I get to meet wonderful people like this all over the country today, people that are retiring at 55, 57. I met one gentleman, he retired at 49 years old, and he didn't do that by accident. He didn't just happen to, by happenstance, fall into the lottery. He was very intentional about saying, I want to retire early so that I can spend the best years of my life doing what I really want to do to have the freedom to to uh, travel and to be with friends and family and and to make a contribution to society and to my church and my community. I mean, you know, that doesn't happen by accident. Uh, if you're just showing up, punching the time clock, and you're not thinking strategically about this, you're missing a great opportunity. And so whether we're teaching our kids about money and better money management skills, or we're just trying to maybe create more peace in our financial lives, or we have this goal that we're shooting for, um, you know, we just want people thinking about their money instead of just wandering aimlessly through their financial life. I'd like to have you comment a little bit about lifestyle. So there is this theory out there that if, you know, you structure your 
retirement so that you can have what you're earning now to be able to withdraw that that should be enough because, well, you'll have your mortgage paid off likely and you'll, you know, have your car paid off and all of those. So your expenses will go down. But speak to that point. Does that really create a lifestyle or are we still hiding out if we if we just save for where we are now? You know, this is a big issue because the people that are, there are a lot of people out there that are great savers. They've saved millions of dollars. But the problem is once they get to retirement, they've trained and conditioned themselves to save. And now they can't release the money. They can't spend it. They can't use it for what they intended for. So a great exercise, there's a book out there called 20,000 Days and Counting. And um, what, you know, for a lot of people, I think once they understand that they don't have an unlimited period of time, everybody thinks that they're going to live to age 100. And I just don't think that's the case. But when it comes to retirement, what I found is um, assuming that you, you know, the rule of thumb is uh, plan to spend 80% of what you're current, currently spending in retirement. And I, and I think that's a mistake because what happens for a lot of people when they retire, they actually spend a little bit more than what they had been spending during their working years, because now they had, they own their time. They have exactly a lot of those trips that they had been putting off. They want to take. So we call those the go-go years of retirement. So retirement's kind of broken down into three pieces, the go-go years when you're probably going to spend more money, the slow go years, which is, you know, from maybe 75 to 82 or thereabouts and then the no-go years where you're probably going to be living on social security as long as you're healthy. Um, maybe a little bit of pension, maybe a little bit of draw from your social security, but a lot of times when people get to those older ages, they're just not wanting to go as hard as they did when they were younger. And so, um, but you know, it all comes back to that magic, that word that everybody hates so much, budget word, because it's impossible to be able to answer the question of have you saved enough unless you really understand how much money you spend. And so it's the, it's the most important piece, not the rate of return, not how much you've saved, but how much do you spend? And then just taking your assets and, and mat- matching them up to your, your spending, your liability. Yeah, I think that that's a really, you know, great way to look at it. I know that because, you know, you all of a sudden have eight more hours of the day every day that you didn't have once you're in retirement, what are you going to do? With that time. And the idea, like you said, is to take and go out and travel and do the things while you can. And so to plan to keep living like you're living isn't the value of retirement. The value of retirement is now that you are king of your own clock and and you're beholden to no one. So of course you're going to want to roam. But if you don't plan for a higher lifestyle, a more expanded lifestyle, then you're still going to do what you've always done. And that's not going to give you any satisfaction. You're going to go nuts, I think. Oh, absolutely. And understanding that your time is your most valuable asset, not your money. And so, um, again, getting back to this idea of understanding life expectancy in a way that's meaningful. So if you're 65 years old, you've lived about 26,000 days. And if you lived a life expectancy, you probably have about 6,000 days approximately remaining. So I don't know if people need a big jar of jelly beans or (laughs) marbles and, you know, take one out for each day that you have. But I think if you really start to understand the years that you have your health and you have your finances and you have your spouse or somebody to travel with, I mean, those are the times that 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 is the opportunity. And when it's all said and done, nobody cares about your money. Everybody, everybody's so worried about leaving something behind, but really what people want is more time. You know, I think the greatest legacy that people can leave 
is the relationships and the wisdom that they pass on, not just a pile of money. That tends to create more problems in people's lives, not more solutions. One of my favorite quotes that my husband says is he overheard Bobby Lane sharing this to someone else. He says, I want to die. And uh, he says that I want to uh, run out of breath and money at the same time. Yeah. Spend my last dollars, I take my last breath. I've heard that one quite a bit as well. My yeah. last, or, or somebody said, I want my uh, check to bounce. The, the last check I write, I write, I want it to be to the undertaker and I want it to bounce. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I think that was in um, uh, Ocean's 11 or Ocean's 12, the, the, the sequel, I think is, uh-huh. is uh, I remember um, uh, 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 Shriner said it, wasn't it? Do you remember the old guy? Who's the old guy? Wasn't that? I don't, you know, I'm horrible with movies. I don't, I don't, I actually don't watch a whole lot of TV or movies and the ones I do, I couldn't remember them to save my life. Well, you know, I I think the thing I want people to take away from this whole thing, Heather, is that we live in an amazing time right now financially. And there are so many opportunities to get your money working for you. If you will just take the time to be a good steward uh, of your resources. And there's a, one of my favorite verses says that the borrower is slave to the lender. And we don't want slavery for anyone. We want freedom. And so you have to tell your money where to go. You have to have a good budget. And again, that's why we created a retirement budget calculator to help make people's lives better as they're not just uh, retiring, but getting ready to retire or thinking about retiring someday. Well, it's been great. Thank you so much for being a part of Unlock Your Wealth Radio. If folks want to learn more about what you do or how to find your app, where can they where can they get you, Jason? Yeah, a couple of things. So I've got um, the app is available at retirementbudgetcalculator.com. That's where they can um, use the tool, buy the tool. Uh, we also have a radio show and podcast that we do called Sound Retirement Radio. And then my book is called Sound Retirement Planning. And so a lot of different ways to connect. I'd love to get, uh, you know, connect with people on Facebook and, and uh, find out where they're at and what they're doing. Outstanding. Well, thank you so much for being a part of today's show. For those of you who are listening with and driving around without a pencil, never fear. UnlockYourWealthRadio.com is here where you can visit Jason's show page and get the links to his retirement calculator books and so much more. For the maestro of moolah, Michael Terry, I'm Heather Wagonhalls. Now go out and unlock your wealth today. UnlockYourWealthRadio.com is produced by Heather Wagonhalls and the Unlock Your Wealth Foundation. UnlockYourWealthRadio.com and its affiliates are copyrighted 2017 with all rights reserved. For more information on the Keys to Riches Financial Wellness Series, please visit our website at www.unlockyourwealth.com.